And by look at you, she means glare at you. Mm. Feel the glare. Feel the glare through the headphone. I will. I'll try to feel the glare. Perfect. Hello, welcome to another edition of 41 Files Podcast here from 41 Action News. Uh, I am Taylor Hemnes, back after a couple of weeks. Haven't been able to be part of the podcast the last couple of weeks, so glad to be back with you. Joined, uh, as always, by digital producer Sam Hartle. Hi, Sam. When do we get to talk about brackets? Whenever you're comfortable oh. talking about brackets. So we have a contest here at work. Yep. Um, no no money is exchanging hands, so it's... It's strictly <laughs> it, it's, bragging rights and some prizes. Right. So that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, you can enter in two brackets. You what? Can? What? I didn't know. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. So you can you have bracket one and bracket two. So if you go to the standings, oh. I was scrolling through the standings and it looks like there's like 150 people who are participating in the contest. Well, there's about to be 151 because well, I didn't know I could do a second bracket. Well, I mean, most of them have done two brackets, All right? And then there's a couple of people who are somehow game the system and have done a third. I'm not quite sure how that works. Okay. Um, but long story short, to me. That's cheating. You should only yeah. – you, you have one bracket. Because now Taylor gets to have his fantasy bracket and mm-hmm. a reality bracket. That other voice that you're listening to, if you don't know very well, is my co-anchor in, on 41 Action News today, Lindsay Shively. Hi, Lindsay. Hi. You're finishing up your first bracket. Yeah. Would you do a second one if, if you like, – Why if wouldn't you, you? If you know that everyone else is doing one? There are gift cards on the line. Absolutely, people. there are gift cards. <laughs> Unnamed gift no? cards. Okay. And the other voice you hear there in the background <laughs> – which is something I feel like I'm going to say a lot today, is 41 Action News reporter Jordan Betts, who's on her way to Hello. a story right now. Hi, Jordan. Passing a Waffle House. It's coming right now. Hey, uh, have you done a bracket, or will you do a bracket for the station? I, no. Mm-mm. No. Because you don't care. You don't care. No, I do not care. All right. Sad. Sorry. Who's going to win the national championship, Jordan? The Arkansas Razorbacks. The Arkansas <laughs> All right, you heard it, you heard it first. Backs. 41 files. There it is. Uh, where where are you headed right now, Jordan? Tell us where you're where you're headed. Yeah, so uh, my photographer Al Miller and I are currently headed to Oreck, Missouri, um, mm. where there's been some flooding down there. Uh, Congressman Cleaver is going to be talking to a bunch of farmers. Um, we're not able to go inside of when they're going to talk to them because the congressman wants these farmers to be very candid and very open about what's going on, which I completely understand. It's such a serious time for them when spring is coming and um, and, and all that that kind of goes with it. So he's going to talk to those farmers, and then we're going to be able to talk to Congressman Cleaver and the farmers out there and then see really what's going on in their farms um, when we get out there. How far from Kansas City? Where are you going in relation to Kansas City right now? Which direction are you so it's about it's about 45 minutes from Kansas City, so not that far compared to you know, two hours in Craig yesterday. Yeah, you were in Craig yesterday, and there are people there sandbagging up and getting ready for uh, everything they can mm-hmm. for whatever rising floodwaters may happen. Describe, uh, for those of the viewers that didn't see your coverage from yesterday, what it was like in Craig. Craig is a small town, only about 250-ish people there that live there. 231 <laughs> that live there. Uh, how many, what was the situation like in Craig while you were there? Yeah, so the highway to get to Craig is shut down. So we had to have an escort from Highway Patrol get us out there. And he called me, and I remember we were right, just like two miles outside of Craig. And he called me, and he said, look to your left. He's, and he's like, you see that river? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, it's actually not a river. None of that is supposed to be here. It was kind of shocking to see all that water um, and, and to realize it's not supposed to be there. When we got into Craig, 
you could instantly see everybody start packing their – you were packing their cars. And then we got to this group who is either people from Craig, people that are just from neighboring towns that came to help, all putting sand in bags to try to help with this rising water. And um, ultimately, some of it did not help because their levees um, broke. And now I've seen, I'm seeing pictures yesterday – you know, I just saw an image of the old Lewis and Clark sign, and yesterday the photographer got a picture of it. We could still see the pole, and now almost the entire the entire post is completely covered. So they've really had um, water impact, and but they know all too well what this is like. Um, George, exactly. I was going to say those images are shocking and they're unfortunately familiar for Northwest Missouri mm-hmm. from the 2011 flooding that was just so devastating as well. And you were talking to people in Craig about that, right? Yeah, because a lot of these people are born and raised in Craig, so they know um, what it's like, and they're kind of, based, a lot of them said we're experts by now mm. when it comes to this flooding, which is really sad to hear. Um, they said when you grow up next to the water like this, you should just really expect it. So I spoke to the mayor yesterday who, her and her husband are both uh, volunteer firefighters in town. They're volunteer firefighters then as well. And she said, you know, she is worried. She was like, you know, what it's looking right now, you know, you know, I don't really know what's going to come, but I, I'm starting to get nervous. And you know, and then they ended up, she's like, I really hope we don't have to evacuate. And unfortunately, um, last night, and I just saw another tweet that, you know, more ladies are, of them are, are breaking and they really need people to get out. Yeah, that's, I was just going to point out that the National Weather Service has issued a flood warning for uh, Craig because they've had a, another levee break on the north, northwest corner of the town. We're taping this um, Wednesday morning, March the 20th, um, which first day of spring, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it sounds like it's... Uh, uh, Spring is not not welcome so far, Craig. <laughs> oh, no kidding. And I keep no. thinking about the farmers that you're talking with. We, we said yesterday mm-hmm. that farm bankruptcies were already on the rise because of this. And then the nature that they've dealt with over the last several years. As soon as you said Oric, Jordan, my ears mm-hmm. perked up and I tried to remember why. And they've had two tornadoes come through in the last six years that hit a lot of the town. Yeah, so they're not, they're not it's not been too good for these farmers. And we're going to really touch on the fact that they've had tornadoes and then now it was a really bad winter, and now they're starting with even starting the season off with floods. And so I really feel for these guys that are trying to be farmers and really, mm-hmm. you know, this is their business and this is their lifeline, but Mother Nature is just not helping them. Recent droughts? Yeah, it's been wild. and all of that. that yeah, it's kind of crazy to, to think of. I really want to find out, you know, you know, how they're keeping their stamina up and they're keeping a smile on their face despite, you know, like all that's going on, so... You mentioned the the difficulty in getting to where you're trying to get. I'm assuming the I-29 situation was part of that yesterday. Is that why you couldn't get to where you were getting? Yeah, and we had saw some other crews that were out there, and they said they had to drive like almost an hour extra to try to get there because mm. they were having to really go around that highway. So we went 29, and what we had were escorted. So that was the reason uh, why we were able to get there kind of so quickly and also safely. Um, was because we had an escort from police, which was um, really great. So shout out to, you know, High Patrol H for helping us out with that. And we showed on 41 Action News today, this morning, the the current detour of what MoDOT is suggesting you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, I mean, I've never seen a detour quite like this. There's roughly 160 yeah. miles of I-29 that is closed right now north of Kansas City between here and the Omaha area because of... Uh, yeah, this flooding and to now, Omaha is going to be tough. Yeah, if you if you have to get to Omaha right now, the suggested detour is to go to Des Moines and then hang a yep. left, basically, and go west from Des Moines to get there. And that is, uh, if if you're unfamiliar with with what that 
looks like it is a huge difference. You're completely going an opposite direction to take a left and go another 120 miles. It's it's way out of the way right now because of how much that highway is closed. Like if you can, I, I would suggest if you can put off going to Iowa, like I would, because you're going to have to go two hours extra for wherever you're going. How does that, I mean, have you gotten any indication what that is doing as far as emergency personnel and, and people trying to help because of what's closed? Obviously, you're getting to where you're going because of um, having different agencies escort you, but have you gotten any indication of how much more difficult it is to help people right now because of this? I think that there are, the, the patrol has been really helpful with those people. It's been a lot of the neighboring towns that are pitching in, but I feel like now those towns are going to get start to get flooded, so... I think um, patrols are really going to have to consider just escorting people a lot through to help in the town. I saw a bunch of ambulances and fire trucks from different towns that were in there. I asked them, and a lot of them said they were escorted in. So I think they're not having too of a tough time, but I think if it gets worse, if tomorrow, if we get more rain, it's gonna, well, they're going to have to rethink things. The last thing I want to ask you about before we let you go, Jordan, because we know we're headed to a story. This is something I asked um, Lindsay about this morning oh, off air. <laughs> this is something I asked Lindsay about this morning off air during 41 Action News today. And you just mentioned that, that people there say they are used to this. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you meet anyone that, that gave any indication of, man, I should I should go someplace else? Or is this because when you when this is a, a, a way of life, that's something that comes around every couple of years. There's got to be a thought process of, gosh, could I go someplace else where this is not a thing? Or is that not really an option for some folks up there? I don't think it's an option for some folks because this is where their lives are. Like a lot of these people, you know, started from when they were born and now they're in their 60s and they live here. And so it's not really they don't see it as an option to move. Um, and so I, I think these people are just going to stay there. And I met another group of people yesterday, um, a lot of children who are with a homeschooled group, and they said that their grandparents live there. And what I'm guessing is those probably those grandparents are going to go home with um, their other family because they've been evacuated, which is sad to say. All right. Well, that's Jordan Best joining us. Jordan, we're going to let you go so you can get to where you're attempting to go. Uh, we, we wish you safe travels today and good luck with uh, covering the flood. Again, we've got uh, uh, National Weather Service reports this morning and different things talking about more evacuations have been ordered and, and asking people to get out of there. So please be careful as you go and, and cover their stories today. No falling into holes today. That's right. Oh, Jordan. Thank careful, you. careful out there. Thank you. Yeah, I will. So again, here on 41 Files today, we've got lots of different topics we're covering, as always. And the second one is uh, on a much lighter note and uh, and a happier note, and more uh, entertainment-related, more food-related. Uh, if you have not started watching Season 3 of, of Queer Eye on Netflix, if you've never watched Queer Eye before, uh, it's, a, it's a really well-put-together show. And Season 3 just happened to be filmed in Kansas City. We talked about it a lot last year when the, when the crew was here during the summer, and now it's out. Last Friday, that came out, and it's our first top chance to talk about it on the 41 Files podcast. Um, Lindsay Shively did a story last week about the Jones sisters. Uh, that is episode three of this season. If you're not familiar with the Jones sisters, I was not because I've not had what their I've not had their barbecue yet. Um, but they are episode three of this latest season, and you got a chance to go over there and meet them. And you had not met them before, right? Before no, this? or had their barbecue. And let me tell you, folks, I'm just going to go out and say one of the best burnt ends I've ever had because it tasted like what burns ends must have started out tasting like because they are old school barbecue. They are at the pit for hours and hours a day, and their burnt ends are actually burnt and crispy and melty mm. in the best way. Yeah. 
So when you were, we have to kind of talk a little bit about, I don't want to be spoiler here. If, if you haven't watched the episode or if you're thinking after you listen to this, you'd like to go listen or go watch the episode. But when you went to interview them, um, they have they had a, a restaurant situation in its current state pre-Queer Eye and the Fab Five and the Queer Eye guys augmented their their restaurant situation a little bit. Bobby worked his magic. Bobby worked his magic and changed uh, what their restaurant, their physical setup looks like. So when you went to talk to them, that was after it had been done. Right. And saw the the new version. When you watch the episode, the actual season three of what it looked like before they did that, can you imagine doing the same job they do before these all all these changes got made? What was it like to see the before and the after? Well, you know, because I knew about the Jones sisters. I just hadn't been out to see them, and I knew that they basically worked out of a stand in a parking lot. So there's not much you can do to change the function of their job with that. But they added some seating to the front, which if you've driven by, you see and you have seen since last summer. So uh, it's still a tiny little spot where we were inside with them. And um, I think I told you when we come back, it was still – the cold of winter when we went to shoot the story sure. with them just a couple days ago, you know, just a week ago. Yeah. And our cameras have several layers of glass in them. So we started shooting with uh, Deborah outside at the smoker and talking to her and interviewing her. And then we went to go inside and talk to Mary. And it took 45 minutes for our camera to unfog because she's outside of the smoker in five degrees and inside the kitchen it is it was warm steamy <laughs> steamy so it, I mean we're in the middle of their lunch rush and I'm using my iPhone and the GoPro to shoot our package because yeah. the difference for the fancy camera just couldn't deal so Jordan Betts 41 action news reporter is still on the phone with us today and Jordan may be the the biggest queer eye fan in the newsroom any anything yeah. related to the show she she will will jump on and talk about uh, Jordan, you're a, you're a new Kansas City <laughs> resident crazy. as well. You've been here you've been here for a year yet, or has it been less than a year you've been in Kansas City? No, actually, the day I moved in was the day that Queer Eye announced they were filming in Kansas City. Perfect wow. timing. Perfect timing. So, as a new Kansas Cityan, <laughs> as a new person who lives here, to, you've watched the entire season three, I assume, at this point, right? Yeah, I, yes. Probably, like, probably two or three times. So, yep, uh, yep. as a new Kansas Cityan, to to watch the city unfold through the the eyes of the episode and through the eyes of of Netflix and the Queer Eye show, what's it like as someone who's new to the city to see all these spots show up on the on the episodes? It's so crazy because in episode one they go to the J Crew on the plaza, and I can't tell you how many times I've been there. And so it's weird hmm. to see these spots and go. Oh, I've been there a time or two, or I'll have friends from my other markets that will send me a picture of, like, hey, you know, watching Queer Eye, your city is so awesome. And just to be able to, I had always known about Kansas City growing up, and it's so cool to be able to live here now. But then for the whole world to be able to watch it, I think it, it's just so cool. I mean, make Kansas City more beautiful than it already is. And um, I don't know, I was just giddy the entire time watching it. I was, I was laughing because I was like, this is nuts. The other emotion I've seen on Twitter from people who have watched the episodes is, like, some of it's, like, incredibly emotional. Very oh, emotional. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. Get a box of, of tissues. Sam, does that mean you had not seen an I've episode not before? Seen, no. Oh. Have, have you watched any of oh season three God. yet? N- no. You haven't seen a single episode? No. What? Wow. It is quite simply more than a makeover. I live vicariously mm-hmm. through yep, more. the experiences of other people on social media. Well, a great example is is the one that, that Lindsay did the story on, the Jones sisters themselves. My, my oh. wife and I, we're only three episodes into season three. We've watched all of the first two seasons, but we're only three episodes in. And we watched yesterday the Jones sisters episode, and... Just cried all through it. We, we sat and mm-hmm. cried all through it because these are, are women that you feel like, even if you haven't met them, you feel like you've met them by the mm-hmm. end of the episode. And it really is something exactly. to, to experience uh, quite the change that they get uh, through the course of the episode. It really is something. And and just what they 
they do to these, these women, it's everyone's lives, but especially the Jones sisters of how they turn their dad's dream and their dream into a reality here in Kansas City just really makes you proud of, you know, where you live and that what these guys did. And now I read yesterday they've sold 11,000 of their barbecue bottles. They've been averaging 1.7 bottles sold online a Mm. minute, and Mm. that was as of Sunday. And they had never bottled it before. Well, they they had a little bit. She um, got into the process, and it was overwhelming, as you can imagine. So then, yeah. yeah. And there's this incredible company uh, that Kansas City's pretty fortunate to have that can bottle all these small batch sauces. You know, we're lucky in this town to go to the grocery store and be able to see so many examples on the shelves of local companies. I don't know that that happens everywhere. It's pretty awesome. What I think is so cool about the Jones sisters is... You might have heard of them before Queer Eye came out. They started to gain a little bit of national traction, CBS Evening News, you know. They'd been written up several times. They had a loyal fan base before any of that happened because their food is good and people loved them. Yeah. The personalities leap off the screen. I mean, you even— They are warm and charming. Absolutely. So, I think uh, it's everyone this season has great has great personalities. Episode one will make you cry too. <laughs> Every episode. And I was going to ask because I I asked Lindsay I want to ask Lindsay this too because we asked Jordan about being a new person. You're a lifer. You've been in Kansas City all your life to watch. And I know you haven't made your way through the entire season yet, but to watch these these episodes show up of places that you've known oh, yeah. all your life is is it cool to see it unfold on television like that? You know what's so cool is like Kansas City has started to get in a lot of shows. There are a lot of shows that are either. You know, this the premise is based here or something like that. And I'm watching Queer Eye now, rewinding every transition to watch the shot again. Mm-hmm. I'm rewinding it to look at the waterfall shot of Union Station, the fountain in front and the clock or just anything like that. And when that's normally the part I don't pay attention to. Right. For other seasons, you might not pay attention to drone shots or anything like that. And they have some incredible video of flying over oh, the yeah. one memorial and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. It, it really, the, the city looks fantastic on screen. The point, oh, episode, episode one, oh, sorry. Episode one, they are on a rooftop. Uh, I, I'm not sure where it was in downtown Kansas City, but, I mean, it's just picturesque and makes Kansas City look better than nerdy is. So the conversation that we've had in the newsroom about Queer Eye is – it's kind of sort of a generational thing, I think, a little bit. And so you have some people; they're not they're not old, um, but you know, watching Netflix and you know this kind of entertainment isn't necessarily their thing. And so it was hard to kind of gauge what level of response that the community would have to the show. And then I look at our web traffic numbers for your Jones sister story that came out last Friday. And it was second on our website only to the Tyreek Hill investigation, which is obviously an important topic. Sure. Um, but everything else um, was second fiddle to to the Jones sisters. So there, there's clearly an appetite uh, for Queer Eye and this kind of storytelling in Kansas City. And, and, that, and uplifting. I think people search yeah. for that a lot, too, you know. Because as we've mm-hmm. talked about on this podcast, we, we anyone that works for a television news station gets told on a regular basis, oh, I, I don't watch the news. It's too depressing. Uh, so people absolutely crave that kind of storytelling. And now you were saying this morning there's another Queer Eye-related story on our website <laughs> that's doing well again. And again, the, the season oh three God. show just premiered on Friday, and we've already got another story on our website that's doing really well. So I'm a little bit confused about this, so you guys will have to uh, clue me in. Um, but one of the things that we can keep track of here on the digital side is we can compare our our web traffic with every other – we're owned by Scripps Company, which is based in Cincinnati. And we're able to look at the performance of web stories across every website that Scripps owns across the country. And there was a story about squash on our website today. <laughs> squash casserole. Squash casserole, not casserole. hot dish. 
that was the fourth highest performing story of any story in the entire country. Company-wide. Company-wide. <laughs> so crazy. A recipe about squash. Because it was featured on one of the episodes, and we happened yep. to have that chef on in 2017 right. cooking that on Casey Live. Casey right. Live? Casey Live, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. And so, yeah, he's because he's one of the people that, that Queer Eye worked with when they were here. He's, he's one of the, the people that they featured. Is that right? Or if, he... if you've watched or if you haven't, um, it's in the episode titled Elrod and Sons. Okay. And he goes to the kitchen of John Cedric Smith, which oh, is EJ's so Urban Eatery. It's in the West Bottoms, and it's delightful and amazing. And uh, that's one of the recipes he makes. And then they cater it in the loft at the end, and the guys get to try it. Yeah. So that's why people are like, what? So speaking of food, real quick, so I think one of the coolest things um, – uh, in our podcast network was last year um, when you guys got to interview uh, a member of the Queer Eye cast when yes. he was here. What was that like, and, and what was your takeaway of his experience during that interview? Anthony Porofsky came on True Diligence, which we were so grateful for. And I think the thing that surprised us the most is we almost expected him to have like a, a show up with an entourage or people because, you know, this is Queer Eye and the show's so huge. And he came on his own, um, was as nice as could possibly be, and sat here and talked to us for an hour. It was a great, it was a great listen, and he's got this, the, he's got this voice that has a, yes. it's like a, it's like a, a, sh- oh. a leather shoe that like just fits really well with your feet. It's just really crazy. <laughs> That's that a good description. Perfect. It's vivid. That's a perfect analogy. I will admit, <laughs> I, I was oh, bummed no. out that day because uh, Lindsay got to meet you. Got to meet two or three of the the, the two. guys. Two. You you interviewed Bobby, Bobby and Anthony in different I've formats. Met all. You got to meet all of them. The day that Anthony yep. was here, I was in a meeting literally in the front lobby. And we have a, a little room off the front lobby here at 41 Action News. And I was sitting at the window, and I saw him leave the building. And I tried to give you... You had tried to give me a heads up that he was going to be in the building. So you could creep. Right. And I wanted to meet him just because I like to meet people. And I saw him leaving the building, and I'm in the middle of this... And I, I, I felt like I can't stand up in the middle of this meeting and run out after this guy. That'd be really weird. Uh, but part of me really wanted to. So I, I was bummed out. I didn't get to meet when he was here. Yep, it's true. Yeah. My favorite is Bobby meeting him. I've interviewed him twice now, and I went to their book launch. And someone who's from Missouri, and he was so excited when he heard that Kansas City was the place he picked when they picked it this year. He was so thrilled, and um, he just said he was like, you know, I always knew of Kansas City, and this place has grown so much, and I'm glad the world gets to see it. On the on the chance that that he listens to this, that any of the Fab Five listen to this, I just want to meet Tan. That's who I want to meet. I want to <laughs> I want to go shopping with Tan for an hour. That's that's it. Tan. And I, where would you go shopping with him? Wherever he said to go okay. shopping. Right. Well, I was going to say, have you been watching where he's at in the show? I'm only three episodes in, and they've only done one guy of the because episode one was a woman, and episode three is the Jones sisters. Yep. So they've only had one guy that I've watched, and I went with. Uh, I mean, the, I absolutely was paying attention to that. Where'd that but, one? Go. He went to uh, it's in I East don't West is that right? I can't remember the that might have been right. It was, it was, it was like an outside like urban not urban outfitting but like outdoor clothing store kind yeah. of thing because he's a camp counselor. The second the second episode guy. Oh, so it's it was, not like no, that. it's, it's that a lot yet. of it's a lot of outdoor wear and that kind of thing. I'm like, well, that doesn't work for me. I just need Tan to help oh, me they, buy a they suit. Went to, uh, they went to REI. Right, that's right, that's right. I just need Tan to help me buy a suit. Sam, I know you're not familiar. Tan is the fashion guru of the Fab Five. Well, if he's fashion, I mean, I, it's not like I don't need fashion help. Well, let's, we can, you and I can okay. both go. Right. You and I and Tan 
We'll go shopping. Especially spring fashions now that it's <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's the first day of spring today. Anything with uh, with a little pop of so color. So would he recommend – so one of the things I struggled with, and I posted this on Twitter last night, I struggled with when I'm wearing a sweater, if I should have the collar in the sweater or outside, like the, the collar itself. Mm-hmm. I should have that in or out of the, of the sweater. I think mm. either is good as a woman. Either is good. You're you talking about the French tuck. Yeah. That's right. He he. Tan is is famous, is famous for the French tuck. Just but that's, in the front. That's not what you're talking about. You're talking about the collar. He's the French tuck references the front of the shirt and what you do with it. Right, where it's par- it. partially tucked in, but then yeah. the other part. Uh, right. Are you talking about a a polo shirt or a dress shirt under the sweater, like a button down, like a like a, like a golf shirt? Like a, so a, a polo shirt. Right. Just a, you know, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the answer. I know what I would do, but Me I don't either. know. The, I'm a keep it in the collar kind of guy. But well, see, my problem is I can never keep it in the collar. <laughs> that's true. Oh, it happens to the best of us. But there's a woman. The women's version of that is where you where I forget what the style is, but where they wear it out, and it's like the the black uh, blouse and then the white <laughs> collar. Yeah, I'm watching the gestures. Oh, yeah, Sam we're, we're describing. Lindsay is not like, helping me out not, whatsoever. The best well, reaction. I'm sitting here trying to look at. Picture a golf shirt under a sweater. Maybe the answer is dress shirts only under sweaters. Well, that's uh, yes, that's probably what deals. Well, I hope not because I've been breaking the rule a whole lot. Mm. Golf shirt under sweater. Why can't I picture that? Well, the problem with the golf shirt under a sweater is that the collar doesn't have any rigidity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. Or, wow. or verbosity. Wow. <laughs> that's a whole other. Wow, did we go? The best reaction in the newsroom, <laughs> by the way, that I've seen has been Krista Dubill, forty-one Action News anchor, because she has not watched the show prior to this season, and she started watching because it's Kansas City, and she was blown away. She's talking about how it was not what she was expecting emotionally. She said, "I cried all through it." I think a lot of that is a lot of people watched and enjoyed the previous version of this, and this is not just a new version of the old show. They really are entirely different, and they the guys talk about that. Like I got to have an hour long one-on-one with Bobby, and that was one of the things they talked about. Uh, the country is in a very different place, so the needs yeah. of the show are very different, yeah. and and um, what the guys are able to share about themselves, you know, everything like that. It's a different show. Because, and you're referencing the, the queer eye for the straight guy that was on Bravo a few years right. ago, the original iteration of the show. So that, when That's what I'm thinking of when I hear that. Right. Yeah, that it's was... very different. I mean, obviously, basic premise. Sure, same thing. But the the characters are different. The I mean, they never met with. I don't think they ever had a, a woman that they featured necessarily. It was always for the, for the straight guy because and now they dropped that part of the title. So it's a it's a different thing. And and again, the just to just to watch the production value. It's so well put together. It's beautifully shot. It features Kansas City uh, and because the, the pre- previous two seasons were shot in the Atlanta area, and that's really beautifully showcased as well. Um, so it's it's worth a watch if you never never get out of time. They filmed it last summer, right? Yes, and mm-hmm. so that's generally like fall and summer is kind of when Kansas City looks looks its best. I think, right? It looks beautiful. That's true. I'm glad they weren't here in January. No. Nope. So thanks for joining us for another edition of 41 Files. We want to, again, thank 41 Action News reporter Jordan Betts, who is still on her way to a story. Jordan, thanks so much for being with us today for this edition. We appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Sam, any parting thoughts that you want to talk about? So, so clearly I need to get up to speed on, on Queer Eye. What's, you do. What's the yep. – do I have to have Netflix? Can I borrow somebody's? Yes, yes Netflix. Can, can I, you can borrow mine. Okay, so all right. And then do I need to like – so I need a box of Kleenexes? Is this best watch with yep. a beer, popcorn? All the above. All, all the above. Okay, all right. Right. You'll, you'll laugh, you cry. I was going to say the same thing. Now, do you binge watch it, or do you watch it as it's... Depends do they... how much you want to cry. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Depends upon what your, your, emotional, emotional? your emotional fortitude is. I, I don't binge watch it. I watch one and cry a lot and come back for another one the next day. So you have to pace yourself. And some of them are more, fun, like, lighter than others. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. All right. Good show. So, yeah, give it a, give it a listen, and... Uh, 
Also, speaking of Give It a Listen, we have multiple other podcasts you should be listening to. 41 Action News produces 41 Files, which you're listening to right now. Chew Diligence, which we referenced earlier. Lindsay's podcast. Next episode is out tomorrow or out next week? Do we know yet when the next episode is out? I'm looking at Sam. I think it's next week. The one I most recently listened to was fascinating. It was um, uh, the uh, the Ruby juicery, Jeans. Yeah. Ruby Jeans, and then um, Thelma's Kitchen. Kitchen. Uh, two um, entrepreneurs who are approaching it from completely different uh, job perspectives or uh, profit models. And so one's a nonprofit and the other one's a for profit. Um, but they're both trying to do the same thing, and that's um, bring more people along to Troost, uh, give people uh, along uh, Troost in that part of the community um, healthier food options. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they provided a couple of examples of, of people who have done that uh, and are making significant improvements in the, in the health outcomes of their. Of their life, and I thought that was really cool to to be able to listen to them provide some more detail of what they're doing. Father Justin and Chris Good, two pretty awesome guys in our community. It's sure. a great, great podcast. We'll be listening to that if you like food at all. Uh, Screen on the Spot, also produced here at Forty One Action News about news about movies and television. Uh, the people behind Screen on the Spot just watched Jordan Peele's Us last night. They went to a screening of that, so I'm sure they'll be talking about that when that latest edition comes I think out. They probably talk about on Queer Friday. Eye yeah, they will probably talk about Queer Eye too. Uh, and then uh, Fourth and One is our Chiefs podcast. Their most recent edition talked a lot about Tyree Kill and what is, has happened already in that investigation and what could still come. My brain started working again. Our next episode features Colby and Megan Geralts, the duo who own. Rye and Blue Stem. Blue Stem just celebrated 15 years. Uh, Their James Beard nominations and their James Beard Award winning food also. Uh, Just a powerhouse family in Casey's food scene. Perfect. So be listening for that and we thank you for taking some time with us today as always. See ya. See ya.